You're listening to Comedy Central. This week on Tuning Out the News, the conservative hot take asks Huma Abedin whether the release of WNBA star Brittany Griner was a financial necessity now that our economy is propped up entirely by sports betting. Plus, the liberal virtue signal covers whether an arena full of people booing Elon Musk will make him reconsider if free speech should extend to verbal reviews of his personality. But first, Kirsten Cinema sends shockwaves after leaving the Democrats to be an independent of all parties, except the lavish ones thrown by her many corporate donors. It's Thursday, December 15th. Welcome to Tuning Out the News, the podcast. Up first, fake news. Good evening, I'm James Marwood, and I'm on day three of going absolutely wild for Barada. The top story, Senator most likely to sponsor legislation entitled the Totally Random Sauce Act, Kirsten Cinema, has sent shockwaves through the political world after announcing that she is leaving the Democratic Party and becoming an independent. Here's her official announcement, and please leave the room if you're sensitive to the world's most unnerving affect. I promised that I would always do what is right for the people of Arizona. Registering as an independent and showing up to work with the title of independent is a reflection of who I've always been. Yes, Senator Cinema is so independent, she doesn't even listen to the large majority of independent voters who want a federal minimum wage increase, voting it down with the solemn quirkiness the debate demanded. That vote and all her votes make sense when you consider from 2017 to 2022, she received 1.8 million from Democratic and liberal groups, but 9.8 million from corporate interests. In her defense, that 9.8 million could each be independent dollar bills just following their own maverick streak. Join me now to see the truth across the bar, Senator Glass facts in the rocks, saunter over to ask if it breaks news here often, and then have an unforgettable night of sweet analysis, is Democratic strategist who was the one who recently advised Kamala to be goofier, Lydia Parker. Good evening. Chief Washington Bureau Chief voted not cool by a nationwide referendum in a country he's never even been to, Jonathan Keene. Hello. Chief field correspondent whose YouTube algorithm still feeds him baby Einstein videos, James Smartwood Jr. Hey, Dad. And CBS News Chief Washington correspondent and tuning out the news contributor, who I simply cannot picture wearing shorts, Major Garrett. Hello, James. Major, let's start with you. What is motivating Senator Cinema's move besides her feeling a selfless duty to do what's right for Arizonians by cynically preserving her damaged political career? She's probably trying to avoid a Democratic primary, which is, seems inevitable. It yep. seemed inevitable before she became an independent. Now there'll be an open field on the Democratic side. It's an open question whether Kirsten Cinema, as an independent or a Democrat, could be the party's nominee. Democrat or independent in 2024. So this is a gambit to try to preserve her political stature in the Senate, if only for a short period of time. Everyone in Congress should be an independent with their own agendas, walking around wearing their own little capitals, clawing each other's eyes out to appear with Chuck Todd every Sunday. Absolutely. This great country was built on individuals acting 100% independently. We all remember in 1944 when a bunch of 18-year-olds all independently decided to storm the beaches of Normandy. Or in 1969 when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong coincidentally went to the moon at the same time. And in that independent spirit, I'd like to announce that I am now a completely independent newsman. Ooh-wee! This is a rootin' tootin' studio you got here. Keen, shut the f*** up. Independent newsman, what does that mean? Well, partner, it means no one tells me what to report. I just report 
what's in my heart. Isn't that right, Rusty? Okay, no one is independent. Everyone gets money from someone, even you. And don't you live with your mother? Well, every cowboy needs a place to rest his head. And it's my grandmother. I'm also on a horse. Really? A little Shetland pony is under here. Hey, little guy. So, Lydia, you're also independent? No, I just couldn't find a chair. Uh, Keen, if you're so independent, say something bad about Paramount Global right now. Uh, well, um, you know, I would, but that's not what's in this here cowboy's heart. Especially considering how expensive Rusty's apples are. Okay, exactly. Moving on, the nation's thriving bilking industry took a major hit this week when the Department of Justice charged Sam Bankman freed with eight criminal counts related to fraud and money laundering. Bankman freed showed off his famous market prediction skills by predicting he would not be arrested just hours before his arrest. Once the dust has settled and once all the investigations have happened, that you won't be arrested for fraud. I don't think I will be. I don't... Is that me? ...think that I... I don't, I don't think know, I that's another tried person. to do anything wrong. I don't think I committed fraud. In his defense, fraud isn't nearly as straightforward a concept as blockchain digicurrencies. FTX was so confident in their business model that they frantically recruited the credibility of celebrities, including Tom Brady, Steph Curry, and Larry David. Now, it would be easy to accuse those celebrities of mindless greed, but remember, celebrities are humans, and humans are resource-hoarding termites. Major, will these charges against Sam Bankman-Fried shatter America's confidence in our very real and appropriately valued economy? Not the economy, but the crypto economy, definitely. And I think the formal title for all these charges filed by not only the SEC, but the Justice Department could be summarized as follows. You sit on a throne of lies. Sick. Now, one of the charges alleges that Sam Bankman-Fried made hundreds of millions of dollars or at least millions of dollars of illegal campaign contributions. In Washington, that means he sat on a gilded throne of lies. I sat on a horse. Keen, you have to stop. You have to. I just think it's sad to see a young man taken down by the government just before he would have amassed enough wealth to use legislators like pawns. You know, with Musk and Bankman freed exposed, the search continues for the eccentric guy who we should hysterically hand all our money to. I don't know who he is, but he dresses like garbage, exclusively eats tomato paste, and works all day in a kayak. To our audience out there, I just want to say that unlike Sam Bankman-Fried, I, James Smartwood, am a confident charlatan for a reason. Big news is not some sort of media grift. We add real value to the news. There is no difference between a skyscraper, gold you can hold in your hands, and me saying things like, the only poll that matters is on election night. Keen, what happened to your horse? Uh, well, I couldn't hold back Rusty. He had dreams of his own. Also, he fell down the stairs. Okay, you have to clean that up. Don't make the custodian do it, please. I know, I know. Okay. Now, it turns out the ice cream I ate was spackle, so let's wrap it there. Sorry we didn't have time for former President Trump seeing Ron DeSantis' rising poll numbers, then asking a plastic surgeon to install a door frame in his torso so he looks more like him. Thank you to my analysts and tuning out the news contributor, Major Garrett. Thank you. Keen, are you going to clean up that horse? Yes, I just need the sharpest butter knife in the break room and 50 garbage bags. Okay, great. Thank you. I'm going to need another 20 bags if I'm going to do the small horse as well. I'll get you the bags. All right. Now we're talking. Up next on Tuning Out the News, the podcast, the liberal pundits of Virtue Signal react to the public humiliation of billionaire Elon Musk. But first, a word from our sponsor. Vitamix, torture fruit. Welcome back. This week on Tuning Out the News, host Kylie Weaver and the liberal panelists of Virtue Signal react to viral footage of Elon Musk getting booed in public. 
check in on Marjorie Taylor Greene's latest antics, and offer a bit of helpful advice for frustrated holiday shoppers. Tonight, an arena crowd boos billionaire Elon Musk, proving that the ultra-wealthy can escape paying taxes, but they can't escape briefly getting their feelings hurt. This is Virtue Signal. Weaver, and I only agree to a multi-million dollar TV contract because remaining silent is not an option. Top story, y'all. Amazing news. We live in a democracy where we have the right to boo family-made billionaire with a self-made hairline Elon Musk, and the government lets us before immediately subsidizing his next death machine, no questions asked. Here's what happened when he appeared on stage during a Dave Chappelle show. Make some noise for the richest man in the world. Wow, being booed must have been so strange for someone more accustomed to hearing screams emanating from his electric car bombs. To save face, the man who dreams of one day torturing a monkey on Mars took to Twitter, writing, Technically, it was 90% cheers and 10% boos, except during quiet periods. But still, that's a lot of boos, which is a first for me in real life, frequent on Twitter. It's almost as if I've offended San Francisco's unhinged leftists. But nah. Yes, the audience was just a bunch of uber-woke leftists who can't get enough of Dave Chappelle railing against trans people. Joining me in the echo chamber is former Biden White House communications director who perfected her what a great idea nod as an aide for end stage Dianne Feinstein, Jordan Pulse. Hello. Former DNC chair who assumes any woman wearing big dangly earrings has syphilis, Charlotte Fitzgerald. Good evening. The Lincoln Project senior advisor and unstoppable prince of fracturing a vertebrae at the laundromat, Troy Lawson. Hi, Kylie. Okay, panel. Elon Musk is donezo. And this system will continue to work so long as billionaires continue to accidentally wander near us in a hubristic display of invincibility. Woo! Oh, yeah, yeah, baby! You know, I'll tell you what, people love seeing a figure like Elon Musk cut down to size by an angry crowd, which is why we need to keep letting rich people get that big in the first place. Now that we've had our fun, this is where accountability for billionaires should end, or they'll stop giving us miracles, like rockets that go to space almost. There is one problem. This might inspire Musk to speed production of his Neuralink chip so American mouths will be too busy chewing fingers to shout him off stage. Okay, next topic. Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene took a break from researching whether bagels are a sick plot to make Christians keep spinning their eyeballs looking for where the bread stops to appear at the New York Young Republicans Club. Here's what she said about January 6th. And I want to tell you something. If Steve Bannon and I had organized that, we would have won. Not to mention, it would have been armed. Wow, with those extremist remarks, she is playing with fire. Someone needs to warn her that Trump only won her district by a mere 50 points. Now, obviously, Marjorie intended to stir outrage and we shouldn't respond, but also we should absolutely respond to this, and that's what the news media did. We have no choice, Kylie! Republicans say crazy stuff and we need to display outrage to feel a fleeting sense of superiority, or I don't know what will happen! You know, one time, I didn't display outrage over a MAGA Republican's comments. Don't listen to her. She's just trying to scare us. Oh, am I? What happened? Terrible things. 
I actually saw the MAGA comments in their context as the call and response with an electorate increasingly disillusioned by its failing institutions. A raven then landed on my lap and screamed, CHAOS! And when it left, I had been demoted to political analyst on a Saturday at 3 p.m. cable news show. circle up and chug piping hot strawberry milk. Let's just stick together. Every time a MAGA Republican says something bad, we respond, favoring trite palace bickering over covering people's actual lives. Deal. Deal. Well, it's that time of year again. Here's your virtue signal holiday gift guide. Obviously, the holidays are all about fun and cheer, and nothing inspires more Yuletide joy than giving everyone in your life a copy of Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist. Charlotte? Oh, um, one of my favorite gifts to give my family during the holidays is a nice pair of matching flannel pajamas. Oh, so your family can sleep at night, even with all the horrors going on in Iran? Interesting. Jordan? Oh, I don't want to say mine. <laughs> Come on, it's the holidays. We're just having fun. Okay, uh, usually I just get people a nice pair of Crocs. And... Oh, so you assume everyone has feet. Hmm, interesting. Why are you doing this? Troy! No, I refuse! Come on, it's the holidays. We're just having fun. That's what you said to Jordan! I'm sure you're fine. Okay, I recommend donating to the Midwest Access Coalition Abortion Funds. Jesus, Troy, this segment's supposed to be fun. Just say ELF on DVD. Okay, ELF on DVD. You know, a lot of people can't afford gifts, so maybe next time recommend a charity. What? Anyways, I never give gifts. We focus too much on material possessions. It's just more, more, more. And that's the Virtue Signal Holiday Gift Guide. I'm not an animal in a zoo you can just gawk at, so let's wrap it there. When Tuning Out the News returns, Hot Take interviews Hillary Clinton Chief of Staff Huma Abedin on whether freeing Brittany Griner from Russia might give false hope to low-level drug offenders in our own prisons. That's ahead. This week on Tuning Out the News... Host Tyler Templeton and the conservative panel of Hot Take were joined by author and Hillary Clinton Chief of Staff Huma Abedin to discuss the prisoner swap that brought Brittany Griner home and reflect on Huma's critical role in the 2016 presidential election. Hey, it's host and hotel concierge arm wrestler Tyler Templeton, alongside co-host who's received three different marriage proposals via UFC Jumbotron Bonnie Davis, co-host and model's bow and arrow section chatterbox Susan Shepard, and co-host whose natural disaster go-bag is exclusively colognes Austin Sparks. Harry and Meghan's criticism of the royal family is an ableist attack on the inbred. This is Hot Take. What's up, basement stench lords? Top story! We can now declare Russia the winner of the Cold War after General Secretary Joseph Stalin Biden swapped Victor Boot, known as the Merchant of Death, according to the one sentence I've read about him, for WNBA star Brittany Griner, who proudly twice won gold for the United States just so Trump could have less of it. Now, President Trump, who masterfully negotiated the swapping of a thriving Atlantic City for a pile of rebar and hypodermic needles, Truth Social, that he would have done way better and gotten zero Americans home, writing, 
I wouldn't have made the deal for a hundred people. That's right, Trump is a hard bargainer. You can't get what you want from him unless you have at least 10 compliments for his calves. Here to run interference on this humiliating basic humanity gaffe is Chief of Staff to Hillary Clinton Rodham and author of Both and A Life in Many Worlds, Huma Abedin. Tyler, I'm so happy to be on the show with you. Great to have you, but now we are sworn enemies. Now, Huma, why are people praising Biden for liberating one American when Trump liberated a million COVID-suffering Americans from the torture of existence? Well, first of all, I had the great privilege of, of meeting um, Brittany Griner's uh, wife, Sherelle, a few weeks ago uh, at a dinner, and I can only imagine the relief um, and the joy that they uh, are experiencing right now with the release of Brittany. I worked at the State Department. I have chapters uh, about that experience in my book when Hillary was Secretary of State, when Obama was president. Every time an American is captured abroad or is imprisoned abroad, uh, it is a priority for our government to procure their release. And for every, you know, hot take or every I'm little uh, headline that we see uh, about a release or about a negotiation, there are hundreds of hours of real, um, very difficult conversations because in many cases you're dealing with governments that aren't necessarily our friends. Hold on, Biden releasing Victor Boot is just a case of cronyism after the Lockheed Martin CEO complained that this country isn't big enough for two merchants of death. Hello, the Russians are America's enemy unless we're talking about their war with Ukraine, in which case, what do we have against Russia? Now, moving on, Huma, you served as vice chair of Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign for president and were with Hillary the night that Donald Trump showed hopeless Americans that they, too, can become president even without a single discernible virtue. What was Hillary saying that night besides making threats on Nate Silver's life? It was a night I will never forget. And I think my biggest takeaway now, all these years later, is um, what she showed that night um, was leadership, is that when the numbers started to come in, even though there were people uh, on the ground uh, in different places, Tyler, saying, wait, these numbers don't make sense. It doesn't, you know, it's not adding up here or there. And she, you know, spoke to President Obama that night and they decided these people have spoken and, uh, and that she was prepared to concede. And, uh, and she, called, uh, she called Trump immediately and, and that showed grit and leadership. And it was one of the hardest days, certainly, that I've had to live through. And those of us on the campaign uh, had to live through. And it's the loss of this country that she did not serve as our president. Wow. I could only imagine being there since I was in a supermax drunk tank. Moving on, FBI Director James Comey announced that he was looking into newly discovered Hillary Clinton emails on your ex-husband's computer 11 days before the presidential election, which sounds bad until you remember it's almost twice the time God took to create the universe. But in your new book, you write, I have slowly come to accept that I am not the sole cause of the 2016 election loss. One man's decision to play God forever changed the course of history. It should not be my burden to carry the rest of my life. It should be his. Huma, how did you manage to break free from what I thought was a foolproof culture that programs women to blame themselves for everything? You know, I do think that we live in a culture, frankly, certainly here and maybe everywhere where we, we as women 
uh, shoulder the burden, take the blame, assume it's our fault. In that particular case, the very next morning after the election, it was the, you know, the first thing uh, I heard from a reporter when I walked out of the hotel after Hillary conceded. And the question was, do you feel responsible for her loss? And I did. I did for a long time. You had nothing to do with Hillary's loss. There was not a candidate on earth who could recover from saying Pokemon go to the polls. The topic of James Comey's legacy brings us to a very special holiday hot take PSA starring me and Huma Abedin. Well, folks, it's Christmas time. And in that spirit, my dear friend Huma Abedin and I are putting aside our petty differences and focusing on the one big thing we all agree on. James Comey sucks. Democrats hate him because he meddled in the presidential election, denying this nation its first female president. And Republicans hate him because, well, I can't remember, but Trump hates him, so I hate him too. Please consider joining Huma and I in supporting the James Comey Project, which raises money to launch Comey through a cactus and into the Grand Canyon. Huma, I'll match your donation. How much can we put you down for? I'll have to, uh, I, I, you know, part of my recovery, Tyler, is to forgive and move on and not carry resentments, and so I can't put a price on that. In summary, Huma is my spiritual opposite. All right, I gotta go dig a tunnel to impress these guys I met called the Tunnel Boys. So that's all the time we have. Thank you to my co-hosts and Huma Abedin. Thanks, Huma. Thanks for having me. I, I loved this. I love this interview. I love you too, mommy. I mean, no uh, crap. No. After the break, Hot Take delivers a very special holiday edition of I'm Not Done. Stick around. Lexus, buy one for your father as a gift. We're seriously suggesting this. Welcome back. Let's wrap out 2022 with a holiday edition of I'm Not Done. Austin, what's ahead on tonight's Sparks? Thanks, Tyler. Unless you've been chugging too much eggnog, you know I'm the host of Tuning Out the News' Oh No, They Didn't! Late Night Show Sparks. And you'll love tonight's episode if you're on Santa's naughty list. First up, Representative Paul Gosar and I pour super hot, hot chocolate down our pants. Ouchie, wah, wah. Then, Victoria Jackson and I sing the 12 days of Christmas into an oscillating fan. It sounds insane. Finally, I eat a gingerbread man butt first. You're gonna laugh your jingle bells off. Mamma mia, that's a spicy a holiday asparagse. I love how everybody's just a touch out of focus. I know, right? <laughs> right! Don't forget, folks, Tuning Out the News returns on January 18th after an all-new daily show. Happy, Happy holidays, holidays, everyone! Until January, this has been Tuning Out the News, the podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Watch Stephen Colbert Presents Tuning Out the News on Comedy Central, Wednesdays after The Daily Show. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Happy holidays. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.